Are you looking for a new basketball shoe? If so, this is Gary Parrish here to tell you that the New Balance 2-Way V4 features the groundbreaking use of fuel cell technology with fresh foam creating the ultimate combination of rebound and cushioning. Every step feels explosive and dynamic, and the upper construction features a lightweight textile that's supportive and breathable. So whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the 2-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the 2-Way at newbalance.com. Hey there, it's Gary Parish. It's Friday, February 4, 2022. Welcome back to the CBS Sports Eye on College Basketball Podcast, where we sometimes discuss camel fighting dodo birds and leaky black. Matt Norlander is here with me. He's at home in Connecticut. I'm you might notice if you're watching on YouTube. I'm still in New York City because Memphis is covered in ice and I've had like three flights canceled. Hope everybody is safe back home. Either way. Uh, please note that the Allen College Basketball Podcast is presented by Jersey Mike's, which is a proud sponsor of the Naismith Award. Jersey Mike's would like to offer congratulations to all of the athletes on this season's Naismith Watch list. And we'll get to that a little later on. If you're watching on YouTube, please smash the like button like your brain of Davies. It's right in front of you. It costs you nothing, but it sure would mean a lot to us. And while you're here, please go ahead and uh, hit the subscribe button, too. It matters. So, Please help us with that. We thank you in advance. All right, dead leg. Biggest game from Thursday night. It was UCLA at Arizona. It was a rematch of a game played nine days earlier. Uh, these 40 minutes were a lot different than the previous 40 minutes. Last time, it was UCLA 75, Arizona 59 inside Pauley Pavilion. This time, Arizona 76, UCLA 66 inside the McHale Center. Home court advantage flipped it. 26 points. Dead leg, your thoughts? Good news for the Pac-12. By the way, um, I, I genuinely hope that you can get out. It's madness in my house. We'll get to Arizona, you say, real quick. But uh, no school for the kiddos here in Connecticut. My, kid, my kids are out of school, too. Because of impending ice. So the ice that was that's in Memphis is about to hit the Northeast. <laughs> they, they did not go to school because the weather's fine now. It's raining. It's turning to ice. So I sincerely hope that you were able to fly out and are not stuck in New York. I, I am operating under the assumption I'm just going to stay here all weekend and I'll be back in studio Tuesday night. It's a uh, it's a it's a quasi quarantine situation, although not exactly. You know, you mentally prepared for this weeks ago, but now it just might be for the weather. So there <laughs> right. we go. Um, that was uh, certainly a wonderful performance by Arizona last night. Uh, we'll get to some of the drama after the game in a second here. But as to the game itself, yeah, great news for the Pac-12 parish. I, I think UCLA and, and, and Zona on a, on a resume level probably set up as two seeds right about now. If you want to make the case for Arizona right now as a one, I, I think if you want to try and build that, that's reasonable. I did not check your refresh because I like to learn it uh, on the podcast. So I don't know where you have them. Right now this morning, inform the audience watching live or listening on the pod, where are Arizona and UCLA now in your top 25 and one? Number one, Auburn. Number two, Gonzaga. Number three, Kentucky. Number four, Baylor. Arizona five, UCLA six. I would have them both two seeds right now. Okay, so we agree with that. Uh, as it stands, this is Arizona's uh, record. We are officially into February, which means uh, not that these teams are bubble teams, but I'm, I'm good with the, with the bubble talk once we flip to, to February here. And uh, some more resume referencing will certainly be commencing here as we are creeping ever so closely to March. So Arizona's just 2-2 two and two in Quad 1 right now. Now it's flawless everywhere else. 4-1 and one Quad 2 and then it's played 12 combined uh, Q3 and Q4 games. But I thought that was significant last night to get the win, get it definitively the way that it did, and and get another Quad 1 game. If you're watching on YouTube, by the way, shouts to Nada. He's hey, got hey, the stats. YouTube. Hey, YouTube. He's got the stats up right now, and you can see uh, what, what Zona was able to do. Now, what this stat page doesn't have is the fact that um, Ben Matherin, and Julius Tabellis, they weren't even used down the stretch. They were they were sitting on the bench there. And Kirk Carissa had a wonderful game. Uh, Dalen Terry had an awesome night, 10-9-7, and, and I thought that was fairly significant. Um, so, yeah, I, I just thought it was the best-case scenario for the Pac-12, which has got a shot here at, at sending UCLA and Arizona to the one or two line. USC, if it can avoid bad losses, also is going to potentially be a top-four seed. And that was my primary takeaway on the game overall and to get Arizona to respond well like this after UCLA clearly won definitively at Pauley Pavilion nine days ago uh, a nice little turn of events and and a nice little game out west and uh good on Tommy Lloyd he continues to you know be in the running top five to seven candidates for national coach of the year it was a, a awesome Thursday night for me because my initial flight uh was canceled 
before I even left studio on Wednesday night. So I didn't have to get up early. I got a nice night of sleep on Wednesday night. And then they put a Pac-12 game on ESPN in primetime here on the East Coast. At 8 Eastern, yeah. Which which they should do more often. I know it's not totally up to them. But I think it's a big deal to have those schools playing not at 11 Eastern, you know? And mm-hmm. and um, so I like usually when we talk on Fridays and there's like late night stuff that happened on Thursdays, I'm like, I didn't see it. I was, I was, I took, I got two hours of sleep on Wednesday night, flew home, did a radio show with sleep. I saw everything last night. And uh, as for the game, like it was just a basketball game. I, I didn't think anything in particular uh, stood out other than Arizona looked vastly different offensively than it was in the first game. That first game uh, last week at Pauley, they were terrible, like uncharacteristically terrible offensively. Shot 30.7% from the field, 25% from three, 54.5% from the free throw. Couldn't make a shot from anywhere. Uh, on Thursday night in Tucson, 48% from the field, 36.4% from three, 66.7% from the free throw line. So uh, better in, in every way. Five players finishing double figures. Um, yeah, I don't want to say they controlled the game from start to finish because, you know, it was a, a, a one possession game with like, you know, 354 left, but UCLA was down 17. Um, then they come back and make it where you like, okay, well maybe they can, you know, if not win, at least cover, uh, but Arizona then closed on a 12 to five, uh, 12 to five run and they win the game by 10. Um, my main takeaway, like whatever, it, it, these teams could play again tomorrow on a neutral court and it would maybe be, a, uh, you know, tied with two minutes to go. Mm-hmm. My main takeaway is that both these teams are really, <laughs> you ready for this? Enlightening right. stuff, enlightening stuff. They're both really good. They could play for the Pac-12 tournament title. They could play for the national title. They could play for sure. anything. Nothing would surprise me with these teams. And I know that. You know, once UCLA took, you know, got blown out by Gonzaga and then took the loss to Oregon at home with no fans, by the way, um, that's when people started chirping a little bit. Tried to tell you this was a team that was in the first four last season. And yeah, they got hot and made the final four, but it wasn't really one of the best teams in the country. They just got hot and, and made a run and you overrated them in the preseason. It's February 4th now. Uh, we got a pretty good sample size on what UCLA is. And UCLA is undeniably one of the the best teams in the country. Um, number 18 in offensive efficiency. Number nine in defensive efficiency. Arizona, and this underlines the initial point, 13th in offensive efficiency. Fifth in defensive efficiency. Both those numbers according to Ken Palm. Trivia time. That's Only up. five schools in the entire country right now mm-hmm. at this moment. Mm-hmm. Our top 20 in both adjusted offensive efficiency and adjusted defensive efficiency, according to Kim Pop. I just gave you two of them, dead leg, Arizona and UCLA. Can you name the other three? Baylor. Right? Wrong. Baylor's not. Gonzaga? Wrong. Top 20 in, top 20 in offensive and defensive efficiency? That's what I said. Gonzaga's not top 20 in offense. Okay. Um, Baylor's not as also surprising. And Houston would have been my other guess. Well, then you're, t- you're well, Houston's right. Houston's a, well, Jesus Christ. Did I mess this up? I hope not. Oh, I, I hope not. I, 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 I I'm sorry. Dead leg. So that's right. Here's the problem. Here's the problem. Initially, I just had a top 15 and then I, expanded it to include UCLA and I got a little I got a little goofy. Baylor is in there. 5 in offense, 16 in defense. What other one did you say? Gonzaga. Damn it. 2 in offense, 17 in defense. Okay, let me rephrase. Let's start over. Not a delete all that. We're going to start over. Trivia 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 time. Only 17? <laughs> It could be more. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure of anything right now. Only seven teams in the entire country, give or take a few, are both top 20 offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency, according to Kempa. Can you name them? I gave you two. Arizona, UCLA. I gave you two more. Gonzaga and. You gave me three more. 
Houston and Auburn. Is that what you said? All right. What are the other ones? I was ones about then? to say Auburn. You just told me. So I guess that's the sixth team. Amazing. It's one of them. We are headed toward RJ Barrett trivia time categories at this point. <laughs> um, there's one more. I don't know. I don't know anymore. Gonzaga, Zona, UCLA, Auburn, Houston, Baylor. There's one more. I'm trying to think. Uh, I mean, there could be more. There could be more than one more, I'm, but there's. I'm going to workshop this. I know it's not Purdue, obviously, because defense. And I know Kansas isn't really good defensively. So I know it's not them. I'm trying to think of who else is. Uh, Kentucky is obviously my guest then. Kentucky's been awesome this season. Let's look at Kentucky. Damn it. All right. There's one more. <laughs> okay. Let me. Everybody is, is everybody is ranked in the top 20 <laughs> in adjusted offensive efficiency. Turns out everybody is ranked in the top 20. Adjusted offensive efficiency and defensive efficiency. <laughs> Simply an amazing, dude. This went from Turns two to six to eight to 17 teams. It started, we went from five, and now I think we're up to, let's, let me count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You lose. Eight. There's eight. Eight is the correct answer. I had it at five, five minutes ago. Who haven't I named? Duke? This, this, yes. Someone in the chat is saying this should be a win for me and a loss for you. That is correct. This is a loss. Dock it, Reddit. Dock it. For, this is a loss for GP. <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> I've been there before. Hey, I've been there before, and I will be again, just so we're all clear on this. Um, well, I'll try I'll try and legitimately guess it. So Kentucky's another one. Um, but, but you said Auburn. Uh, top 20 in both. Um... The last team would be. I think we've named them all. No, stop. Okay, uh, I'm just shut up. You finish this podcast. Uh, <laughs> just don't don't forget the Jersey Mike's mid show. Uh, you got a Jersey Mike's deal coming, just so everyone's aware. Um, I don't know. I don't think it's anyone in the Big East, and I don't think it would be anyone else in the SEC. You know, Pac-12. Uh, uh, you know what? I'm gonna. I don't think. I don't feel like Texas Tech would be it, but that's gonna be my blind guess because it's played well. Texas Tech. I think we've named them all. Okay. Here's what I got: Auburn, okay. Houston, Duke, Arizona, UCLA, Kentucky, Baylor, Gonzaga. Yes. There's not another team. I mean, who could who could say for sure at this point? You know. Right. Do I look like Do I look like Ken Palm to you? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> I wish I looked like Ken Palm or ASAP Rocky. That's quite the uh, quite the comparison there. Just Drop to be clear, I'd, I'd rather look like ASAP Rocky. Okay. ASAP Rocky, congratulations to ASAP Rocky having a baby with Rihanna. First, congratulations on having premarital sex with Rihanna. But beyond that, it's premarital. We know it's premarital. They're not married. Okay, well, it's premarital. Anything before marriage is, is technically yeah. considered premarital. So congrats to ASAP Rocky on having premarital sex with Rihanna. Congrats on the baby. I think that's the most beautiful rapper in the world. ASAP Rocky, unless you go with Megan Thee Stallion. We went from two teams to five teams to eight teams to 17 teams in the top 20 in offensive and defensive efficiency to ASAP Rocky. That is why you come here. The first college sports podcast to ever be on YouTube and on video. Yep. What else do you, what else do you want from us there? Okay, real quick. Um, uh, There was actual news that came out of this. So Arizona wins. And as UCLA is walking off the floor, Mac Etienne, who is a freshman who's not playing this season, was reportedly arrested and cited uh, for assault because it, the Arizona fans were trash talking UCLA as it walked off the floor. And then it sure looks like he spit on a fan or at the fans. And so um, UCLA has yet to release a statement about this, or at least acknowledging the player as we record this Friday morning. Uh, I would say that. Mick Cronin would suspend this player from playing. He's not playing this season, but um, you know, it it actually is a news event. I got a push alert on CBS Sports. If you're not subscribed to the CBS Sports app on your phone, feel free to do so because you get plenty of news and video and uh, podcast alerts. But um, you know, you just can't you can't have this. Uh, you know, if if Texas Tech was able to uh, be on its quote unquote best behavior after everything surrounding that game, uh, you know, a UCL player walking off the floor can can handle you know. Uh, the Arizona razzing that went on. I don't know what was said. Uh, it might've been something completely unacceptable, but you cannot have 
players spitting on fans. So I didn't want to simply ignore it and pretend like it didn't happen. It, it's not a major, major headline, but, you know, you can't have it. There's video out there that was passed around on social media where you can clearly see what happens. And it's, you know, it's not flattering to ETN or UCLA, but, uh, but if, you know, I assume UCLA will address this further on Friday or. or... Yeah. They released a statement just saying they're aware of an incident and they'll, you know, blah, 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 blah. Um, It's a major headline in the sense that you would tell you where I saw it first. DMZ. (laughs) Like, yeah. Yeah. I actually saw it in our Slack room when I woke up this morning, someone just shared it, but yeah, there you, there you go. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I didn't see it last night or if I did, I forgot, but I, uh, I I saw it uh, at TMZ this morning. I wake up every morning and scroll through TMZ to see if anybody died or anybody did anything crazy. And uh, there it was. UCLA basketball for spitting, spitting on the Arizona fans. Like I know you said it appears to have spit. I, spat. I he spit. <laughs> that, I, that, I know a spitter when I see one. Have you ever spit on someone? I can say no, hundred percent. I mean, probably when I was a kid. Okay, there you go. I mean, not lately. I hadn't spit on anybody that's, lately. That's that's like one of the all time. Like you do that to someone, it's go time. It's time to fight on site. Someone spits at you, dude. Yeah, like among the all-time like insulting things you can ever do to someone. Yeah, absolutely. Would you fight somebody you would you know would clearly whip you oh, if no. they spit on you? Of course not. You gotta you gotta take a you gotta assess the situation. I think you have to assess the situation. Yeah, you gotta assess the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Like like uh yeah, like I never under, I I never understood people who said Oh, you got to fight over that. Like, oh, he took your girl. You got to fight over that. And, oh, he spit on you. You got to go. Like, you know what? Just take her. You know? Yeah. yeah. Well, like, yeah. <laughs> I think you have to, you have to, you have to size it up. You know, like if one, if, if one guy takes your girl, maybe we have to fight. Another guy takes your girl. Maybe I just have to lose her. You know, I'm not trying to get beat up, lose my girl and get beat up on the same week. That's crazy. Oh my goodness! I, I never understood this fighting on principle stuff. Everybody I grew up with wants to fight on principle. I have no principles. <laughs> there is there is nothing you could do to me that would guarantee I'd have to fight you. <laughs> That's amazing to me. But yeah, no, I, I <laughs> this idea is like, watch out, gonna take your girl. GP's like, yeah, you're good. Like, you know what? What do you want me to do here? I'm outclassed, out man. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take the L. Like, no, for real. One time I was just out of college, and I was. Uh... <laughs> we'll get back to basketball. I was da- I was dating this girl. She's a sweet girl. I'm sure she's doing great these days. And um, she, uh, we were supposed to go out one weekend, and she, uh, uh, she said, "Hey, it just turned into a a girls' weekend with uh, my sister and some other people and whatever." And I said, "Okay, that's cool. Uh, have a good time." And uh, so I was like, hey, so-and-so uh, is doing something else tonight. You, you guys want to go do this other thing? And so we went out, and we ended up at the same place. And she was with the dude. Mm-hmm. I'm not exaggerating. Uh, I think not- you shared this like six years ago on the pod, but keep going. Yeah. She, dude was a legit bodybuilder. Yeah. I don't mean like, a, uh, like, like he lifted weights or worked out. I mean, that was, that's what he did. He was a bodybuilder. He was in competitions. And so one of my buddies was like, yo, I just saw so-and-so, and she's with that guy. You remember that guy we saw this other time one time? And I'm like, yeah. And uh, he's like, let's, let's, let's go handle this. And I was like, you just asked me if I remember that other guy. He's a bodybuilder. What am I going to do with a bodybuilder? He just gets to have her now. That's over with now. What am I going to do? <laughs> go, go look up at this big guy? Be like, what are you doing? What am I going to do? He'll, he'll kill me. He just hey, he can... you, you get your hands <laughs> off her. Hey, what are you? Hey, what are you? Hey, what are you doing here with her? What am I gonna do? It's over with. On to the next one. I just lost her to a bodybuilder, which made sense. Oh she, man, why would you be with me if you could be with a bodybuilder? You know, I don't even blame her. I completely understand. All right, I'm done with that game. <laughs> Before we get to the final four and one, I want to tell you about a new segment we're going to be doing every single Friday. It's the Naismith Watch segment presented by Jersey Mike's, where Norland and I are going to give you our top three candidates in this moment for the Naismith National Player of the Year Award. At this point, uh, in some seasons, I think uh, the leader is pretty obvious. This season, I'm not certain that's true. Deadleg, I'll let you go first. If you were submitting a Naismith ballot today, what three names would you put at the top of your list? Right now, well, first of all, there's this is a company wide thing. So I've got to submit, I got to submit a top 10 for social, for the social media. So I did this earlier in the week. I gave them my top 10. I, they asked for it like on Monday. So I gave it to them Monday. 
and then they ran it Thursday. And and in between that, Illinois beat Wisconsin. So on Monday, I liked Johnny Davis ahead of Kofi Coburn. And then Kofi Coburn went out and had 37 points on 16 of 19 shooting and like 13 rebounds. And I didn't update my list. And then they posted it with the list I gave them. And then I got dragged in the IG comments because I had Johnny Davis. I do not have Johnny Davis ahead of <laughs> Kofi Coburn anymore. Going to have to amend my process on this going forward. Can't have this many days between submitting I, my list. And then I, have, that I have one of those one time. Uh, I submitted a mock draft and then the Instagram account, like the CBS sports Instagram account. They're great. You know, it was a, it was a mistake. Any of us could make, I blame nobody. Sometimes mistakes happen, but they like, they messed something up <laughs> and had somebody going like number one or number three that just should not have been there. And I was getting, I didn't, you know, I don't follow that stuff so closely. And I was getting dragged. Who is this idiot who has this person? Go I'm like, that's not what I got. I didn't do that. Had, and then I had to like send an email off and be like, you got to do something about that. I'm getting killed over something I didn't actually do. Happy to get killed over things I do do. Not that though. Happy to have your girl get taken. But when it I don't listen, I want to be clear. I don't, I don't want my girl to be taken ever. I know, I know. I know. But if a bodybuilder takes your girl, what am I going to do about that? You better hope there aren't like really attractive, well-built men around the greater Memphis area who are diehard listeners to this podcast that feel like there might be an opening. That's all I'm saying right now. The good thing, I appreciated this when I was a young person. I had friends who would fight for me. At one time, a guy was trying to take my girl. He didn't. I don't know if he actually succeeded. This was high school. And one of my friends was, I swear, this is the people I grew up with. He was like, we were at a party and they were like, hey, there's that guy. And I, you heard, you, I, I, I heard about what he was trying to do. And I said, yeah, whatever. It's, it's, it doesn't matter. And uh, he was like, I'm going to I'm going to fight him for you. And I said, well, you don't have to do that. Next thing I know, he sucker punched the guy whole fight next to a bonfire. That guy was more interested in defending my honor than me. <laughs> I'm the man who will fight for your honor. Yeah, that's Karate Kid 2, I think. Boom. That's where I was just. Karate Kid 2. Who did the song? Um. um uh, it's not a. Uh, it's not Brian Adams. Is it Brian Adams? No, it's not. I, it's in fact, it's. Uh, I don't even know the artist. It is Chris Zabriskie. Oh Didn't my even God. Know. know the song. Don't know the man. Um, this is the Jersey Mike's Nason National Player of the Year segment. So here are my top. So anyway, I did a top ten. Got a top three, but I might also give you a couple bonus ones after we talk our top three. Right now, again, if we had to vote today, I would say Kentucky's Oscar Shibway in. In the one spot, Kofi Coburn of Illinois at number two. And then I would say Ochai Abaji of Kansas at three. Because I a week and a half ago, I, I would have had Ochai in the number one spot. But right now today, and I actually, this is a great season to do this, Parrish, because there are a lot of viable candidates. Um, that's my top three right now. Got a couple more I'll mention in a second. But I like the fact that this literally could change on a week-by-week -week basis because guess what? It pretty much has been changing on a week-by-week -week basis over the past five or six weeks. What about you? Uh, as you mentioned Ochai, I go, man, should I have had Ochai? Like, maybe. We agree on two of the three. Um, my number one is Oscar Shibwe. Like, at this point, he's averaging 16.1 points, 15.2 rebounds uh, for a team I got ranked third in the top 25 and one. So he checks every box. He's statistically awesome on a great team. Um, number two, I've got Kofi Coburn. I mean, just did a 37 and 12 game and I went over Wisconsin, 22.1 points, 11.6 rebounds for a team. I got ranked 15th in the top 25 and one. And number three, I've got Johnny Davis, 21.4 points, 8.3 rebounds um, for a team that I've got ranked 16th in the top 25 and one. He wasn't great in Wednesday's loss at Illinois, you know, just five of 19 from the field, one of five from three, but he still had 22 points and 15 rebounds in that game. Really nice rebounder for a six, five guard. Uh, he's grabbed 15 rebounds in each of Wisconsin's past two games. To me, what's interesting about this, um, and it can maybe expand into a, a larger conversation. So my top two for National Player of the Year, and I believe yours as well, Oscar Sheepway and Kofi Kober. Neither one show up on mock drafts. They are awesome college basketball players, but because they are large centers, nobody wants them. Like, um, Oscar is 74th on Sam Vecini's 
big board for the 2022 NBA draft. He's not in Kyle Boone. Shouts to Strong Jaw. Not in his top 50. Not in Jonathan Gavoni's top 58. Which and there's only 58 picks in the 2022 NBA draft because NBA teams keep cheating. So like he's not he's not considered a a, a first or second round pick according to Jonathan Gavoni. Kofi same deal. 64th on Sam's big board. Not in Kyle Boone's top 50. And not in Jonathan Cavoni's first round or second round. Like, that's how, let me, if it's 2022, if this were 1992, where would Kofi Coburn get drafted? Where would Oscar Sheboy get drafted? Both top five. If they're having the seasons they're having right now and it's 1992, it's not even a question. It's it's which of these two uh, probably is going number one overall. Oh, that's kind of unfair because if Jabari Smith was also playing in 1992 doing the things he was doing, he'd be there too. I think the- Here, here's the interesting thing. In 1992, Jabari Smith wouldn't be doing the things he's doing. Right. Completely fair. That's right. You wouldn't expect Jabari Smith to be doing what he was doing in 92, whereas Kofi and and, and Oscar would have the same games because this is how they play. Um, I Now, Seth Davis tweeted something about this, I think, Thursday or Wednesday, and I do agree with him. He likes the fact that college basketball does have this because it gives it a little more spice, a little more variety. You have a true big man that, yes, is limited to a certain extent to the point where not projected to be first-round NBA picks and maybe not second-round picks, but I like this very thing about college basketball. I like how different styles make for really compelling fights. And Illinois doesn't solely rely on Kofi, but he's their best player. In fact, I think Illinois is a, is a fun potential final four dark horse here in early February because of um, the different kind of playmakers it's got on that team and, and how well it's com- comp- comprised and they're finally getting healthy, but it is interesting, but yes, I, so we agree. Those are one, two. You went with Davis. Uh, I would have Davis in my top. I would have Davis fourth. And just real quick on this, once you get to five, there's a lot of candidates and there's still guys that can jump up. Jabari Smith is in there, but like Walker Kessler's also been awesome. So I don't know. And it's important to remember being a very good player on a highly seeded team helps you. It doesn't absolutely have to be that way, but generally speaking, the national player of the year tends to come from someone on a top 10 level kind of team. So my number five right now, you know who it is? Hmm. I'd go Jaden Ivey. Because he's been better as of late than Trey. I think Travion Williams is Purdue's most important player. But Jaden Ivey is averaging 17, 5, and 3. He's been really good as of late. Now, Zach Eadie's also awesome. But Ivey's shooting 43.6% from three-point range, 51% inside the arc there. A reliable free-throw shooter. O-rating at Ken Palm of 118. Um, they've got three awesome players who are going to be under All-American consideration. But, I, but because Purdue right now is 19 and three. Um, I put Ivy there in the five spot for now. He could be down at 10 a week from now. I actually think there's a lot of moving pieces and a lot of different players there overall. And again, that's why I think this is going to be a really fun year to track this because um, the preseason prognostications have come true Parish. We have a lot of really good teams and a lot of players that return to the sport um, and the sport collectively having that bo- that bonus year, it's led to a lot of guys having awesome seasons, and this is pretty cool. We're go- it's gonna it's actually going to be hard this season to narrow our first, second, and third All American teams down to fifteen players because I think we'll have twenty five to thirty guys that'll have a case to be on those teams. Jaden Ivy, favorite basketball player of CBS executives who have to deal with the AFC title game. Do you know how much of a disaster that would have been if he would have missed oh, that shot? If they had gone to OT and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a long conversation the other day with somebody and they were like, he, he saved us. <laughs> like if that game goes to overtime, it is an actual disaster uh, for CBS Sports. So shouts to Jaden Ivy. Are your go-to game day foods feeling uninspired? Next time, skip the usual suspects and order jersey mics the jersey mics they make every sub to order with premium fresh sliced meat and cheesesteaks are cooked on a flat top grill download their app for delivery curbside or in-store pickup jersey mics is a proud sponsor of the naismith award and a proud maker of a sub above the all-new hyundai 2024 santa fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family The Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. You've got the H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on those dirt trails and kick up some mud. Or the third-row seating gets your whole family in to experience the thrill together. The dual wireless charging pads make sure that no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead cell phone. Think about those adventurous activities you can do, like me 
taking a ski trip up with the family, maybe going on a camping expedition, anything and everything. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You ready for the final four and one? I'm looking forward to this. I took the lead last week, I think. All right, Nada, come on in. Come on into the room. Happy Friday morning to you, Nada. How about uh, we get a little record update here on the final four and one? So first things first, it's very shameful that you would let the bodybuilder take your girl and at least not fight. First Nada, things first, I had what, to say what, that. Yeah, yeah. But what, what, Nada, what are my, ob- okay, so I can either just let it go and move on, which is what I actually did, kind of. I mean, it maybe it might have took, you know, two months to move on, but I moved on eventually. And, uh, okay, so that's option A. And option B is get beat up by a bodybuilder and still lose the girl? What, what is the point? Sir, they have knees. They have appendages that, like, tear and break. They have knees. You always attack the joints. That's Nada. what you do. Not a not not a not a you you and I we we haven't known each other too long. Uh, one thing uh, I've known myself longer than you've known me. I'm mm-hmm. pretty conf- I'm pretty confident I cannot beat up a bodybuilder any way you any way you slice it. But then again, you are in Memphis, and clearly, as you explained later, you have people to fight for you. I could have done now, that. Now, now that's not like wrapping presents for you, but you have people willing to fight <laughs> for you. I did have people like I do have friends. I don't, I don't know if I have, I don't know if they'd fight for me today. It's been a long time. I don't keep in touch with all of them as much as maybe I should. But back then, absolutely 100%. If I'd have said, go get him, they'd have got him. They'd have got him. Mississippi style, if you know what I mean. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, unfortunately, I have to inform you, GP, you didn't have your standard week. You only went two and three last week. Damn so, it. you're now three games under 500, 22 and 25. Norlander mm. had a three and two week. Oh, and no. it really again 28 19. He's he's commanding. Like, if you were to bet along with Norlander, you'd probably make a significant amount of money. So there's that. Y'all are doing Jeez. well though. Yeah, again, it, yeah, you've you've recovered well though, GP. You got to think about it like that, considering where yeah. you were. You're doing well. Yeah, I'm a little bit like UCLA on Thursday night. Got off to a rough start. I'm coming back. I'm making it competitive. Decent chance I'll still lose at the end. But I've like came back and made it competitive. It's a, chance. it's a lock, and we never even agreed to the wager for this season. So not only I'm winning, and I'm not winning anything. This hey, is- I I, I uh, almost uh, reached out to you yesterday, and then I decided I had too much work to do. Plus UCLA Arizona, but I was trapped here in New York, and like you know, theoretically had a Thursday night off. I don't ever really have time to do anything when I'm here uh, for for studio work. Eddie Vedder was at the Beacon Theater. I almost went to see Eddie Vedder. You should have. I wanted to watch Arizona UCLA and and write North Carolina Duke blurbs. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, you should have uh, bought those Rage tickets because aren't we going to see them together? Or at least you're buying me a ticket. Yeah. That's that's a that's a that's a bet debt from two years ago that we still that you still need to pay up on. We never even got to terms for this year. Just send me another deep dish pizza, I guess. Whatever. <sighs> yeah, you to, ain't kidding me. I mean, I'll I'll go to Rage with you. Okay. It's on you to get the tickets. It's fine. I'll get the tickets. You're gonna fly up. We're gonna see him up here. Yeah, like when's the show? Like if it's during if it's during baseball season in the Mets. It has. It's been postponed. I think for like the sixth time. But yeah, yeah, I'll I'll come up. I'll go to a. I'll go to a Mets game and go to a Rage show, and then I'll go back home. All right, we'll figure that out. That, That that's from like two years ago. This year, still got nothing. Sorry that a pandemic came, dead leg. What do you want me to do? I'm not in charge of concerts. I, no, we never agreed to terms of this season-long Final Four and One on terms well, of what was I? It's fine. It's fine. What's the first game? Game one! Saturday, noon Eastern, number 18, Illinois, at Indiana, inside Tom Cree Hall. He won He won outright, mm. out, outright Big 12, I mean Big 10 championships multiple times. Res- respect them. It's Tom Creed Hall. Kim Pom has an Indiana minus one. You can watch it on ESPN. Uh, Indiana minus one. Big game for the Hoosiers here. Trace big, versus big, big game. Big game for the internet in Indiana. It is. It is a big game for the internet in Indiana. If Indiana loses it, internet's out. Okay. No, nobody in Indiana will be able to tweet. But if they you win it. If they win it, you, you do it to yourself, inter- and that's what really hurts, Parrish. You are just if, you if are they win it, boy. 
Internet going to be rocking and rolling. Record speeds. Can't wait. I am excited to see Trace versus Kofi. Indiana has won four of its past five. The only loss coming at home to Michigan uh, on January 23rd in a non-competitive game. But remember, uh, they did beat Purdue before that. Uh, Hoosiers got a chance to make a significant statement and continue to keep the Big Ten race uh, a bit of a jumble here. In the loss column right now, Illinois and Michigan State are tied. Michigan State's got a bit more of a gimme, but not a gimme. Michigan State plays at Rutgers this weekend. Um, so there's a chance that MSU could be ahead of Illinois once we get out of the weekend here. Indiana and league play is seven and four. So, you know, I know these like, you know, vying for a conference title means a ton to these fan bases. And this is the kind of game where if Indiana fans think they might have an outside shot, you got to win this game at home. Uh, and you know what? I'm going with them. Giving the Hoosiers at home to win, to cover, and a pretty good one. We got a great Saturday ahead, and this is a great way to get it going with a noon Eastern tip. No, it's terrific. Uh, I'm going Indiana too, because if the if the internet starts working on Saturday, then um, I want to be able to say, "Why are you tweeting me? I picked you to win." All right. Why are you tweeting me? I said on the Iron College Basketball Podcast, I thought you were going to win. So my pick is Indiana. I'm laying that point. Game two, Saturday, 4 p.m. Eastern, number eight, Baylor, at number 10, Kansas, inside TJ Gasnola Fieldhouse. Kim Palm has it, Kansas minus one. You can watch it on ESPN. Man, this is a great Saturday. It really this is. is. Like, I think it might be the best one yet so far this season. Looking forward right. to being stuck in this hotel room all day. Yeah, you might be uh you might be posted up there. Um so uh, I don't know the status of Ochai Abaji. He was held out of the game. He didn't travel to Iowa State. Do you know? I don't think they've given an update here. He didn't try he was not because of COVID. So I don't know if he's eligible to play in this there, game. There is no official update yet. Um Kansas at Iowa State was without Ochai, without Remy Martin still won the game. I think as of this moment, it remains unclear, at least to the general public, whether Ochai and Remy Martin will be available for, for Saturday's game against Baylor. Obviously a significant factor. Now, Baylor is the one playing on the road here. So Kansas gets this game at home. Baylor's been slipping as of late. You know, James Akinjo is not all the way back on 100% just yet. He has been playing. So, you know, I'm of the mind. It's one of those deals where even if you're injured, if you're on the court and you're able to play, like, you know, we're going to evaluate you, um, you know, like like you're mostly healthy here because you're you're able to go. Um, LJ Cryer, obviously, who has been Baylor's leading scorer, has not played in BU's past two games as well. We just might not see both of these teams at full strength. They will play again. On February 26th, so uh, three weeks down the road, we will see these two teams play again in Waco. But with this one, Kansas at home, all these uncertain factors, I will take the Jayhawks. It's 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 a fairly small line and understandably small. Um, and even if Baylor loses this game by 12, I'm not selling my bear stock. I still think that this team will be capable and fully healthy of making another Final Four run. But here on Saturday... Um, even if there's no Ochai, I will go with I will go with KU. Christian Brown's been playing pretty well as late. And this like is this kind of a game? This is what I want to see. Like, will be, will this be a game where Jalen Wilson just you know steps up and 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 plays exceedingly well? Well, they need him to do that. Jalen Coleman lands has had some nice moments there. Um, David McCormick's been a bit up and down, but I will take KU to win a, a compelling but close one. They got pounded at home last week. They did. I, I find it unlikely that will happen in back-to-back -back Saturdays. It can't happen in back-to-back -back Saturdays, can it? I don't think so. We can't spend back-to-back -back Saturdays watching Kansas lose at Allen Fieldhouse. Although what I'm saying right now is wildly disrespectful to the Drew family. I'm, I'm torn on this. I don't know what to do. By the way, I see it in the comments. I think I brought this up as a stat. Don't think KU has ever lost consecutive home games under Bill Self. This was a trivia time a couple weeks ago, if you didn't listen to the pod then. Kansas has not lost back-to-back -back home games since 1989. They're not losing this game. 89! That's got to be the longest streak in the history of men's college basketball. No other team has ever done this. More, more than three decades without back-to-back -back home losses? You already know what to do. Pick the game. Let's go.
I lost a yeah. girlfriend in 1989. Okay. That's not true. Well, that's, that's understandable. <laughs> that was that was your junior year of college. So. <laughs> I'll take Kansas. I just can't. I can't imagine them losing back to back home games like on consecutive weekends. I mean, I'm wrong all the time, so who knows? But I'll take Kansas minus one. Game three Saturday, six p.m. Eastern. Number nine Duke at North Carolina inside the PJ Harrison Center. Remember when that dude just couldn't stop driving rental cars? <laughs> Every time he get pulled over, he's in a rental car he's not supposed to have. I do remember that. <laughs> Trivia time. Okay, let's go. If you read the power rankings, you'll know the answer. Oh, God, come on. Nobody there we go. Nobody reads the power rankings. I click on your story. I swear to God, it says 19-minute read. I'm like, what the f- Are you kidding me? I'll I think, watch I it. Think power rankings is a solid 11 minutes. What are you watching? I, I'll, I'll, I'm going to watch Righteous Gemstones. I'm not trying to read 19 minutes straight. All right, here we go. The chat might know this, so don't look at the comments. All right? No cheating. Okay. I'm actually going to put it. I'm going to click away right now. I clicked right. away. Um, I'm not going to give you any hints. How many wins has Mike Krzyzewski had at North Carolina as the Duke coach? Okay. I'm going to take 22. No, that's that's high. So th- we're going to mark that as an incorrect answer. Oh, God. But give me a second guess. That's, Se- that's 17. Boom. Boom. Too bad you didn't get it the first time. 17 is the answer. He is 17 and 19 all time at the Dean Dome and 17 and 23 all time at Carolina per uh, college sports reference when I checked this earlier in the week. That's actually, uh, come on now. Think about how many good Carolina teams there have been. That's that's a pretty impressive mark overall. That many wins against good Carolina teams? You know, Duke's been good in plenty of years as well, but I thought that was pretty notable, right? Of course it's notable. Everything about Mike Krzyzewski is notable. Ken Palm has it Duke minus three. You can watch it on ESPN. There we go. Um, we talked about Carolina's resume and how it's wanting at the moment. Oh, and six in quadrant one, just four and six in the first two quadrants. This is yeah. one. This is a team that uh, Jerry Palm and Joe Lenardi are fighting over. Not actually fighting. They're just different on it. Lenardi's got Carolina in the field. Palm does not. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, by the way, past 100 meetings, teams have split 50, 50, uh, Duke, if it can get a win here as a side note, looking down the road, it will be in a strong position. I'm not going to trivia time you on this cause you know it. And it's, uh, we've talked about it plenty, but if, if Duke wins here, um, Carolina's only eight and three in the league. It's got a one game lead in the loss column. It will have a stronger chance of getting its first standalone regular season ACC title since 2006. Uh, I think winning on the road in this spot would, would go a long way toward that. Um, I'm, I want to see Baycott versus I am actually kind of curious to see how Baycott gets matched up defensively. How much is it going to be Mark Williams? How much of it is going to be Paulo Bancaro and Carolina going to be ready to go for this? Cause Duke's got a squad here, and this is this is a big time moment for a UNC team in, in need of a huge win. Uh, I really want to take Carolina in the spot, Parrish. I can't convince myself to do it. God. I really want to. I want to take them here. I do. Take them. Take them. Because I want to take Duke. Because I, I don't. You, think... you just. You know. Do I give you a freebie? You want me to give you this freebie, huh? Well, no. I mean, it'll probably, be, it'll probably be wrong because I want it. Everything I want is wrong in all aspects of my life. AJ Griffin's been really strong as of late. Leaky Black, by the way, in all earnesty, uh, earnestness, earnesty, whatever. We uh, we have not talked a ton about Leaky Black on this podcast, even though Parrish Benson is at the top of every episode. He has been very good as of late. He's really uh, he's built himself a nice a nice career at North Carolina, and I think he's going to have a nice game here. I, I I'm taking Duke. I'm sorry. I, I, I actually think it would be more interesting to the college basketball landscape in the ACC if Duke lost this game. And I like the fact that North Carolina is not doing anything special for Coach K. There's not going to be any, unless they're, you know, secretly planning something like, uh, you know, Roy Williams saying hello to Coach K is about all we're going to get here. Um, there's no gifts. There's no ceremony. Good. You're blood rivals. You don't need to do something special for Duke. You hate Duke. They hate you. We don't need to, you know, this isn't uh, most other ACC opponents. So I kind of like the fact that this is just kind of like, yeah, come on in. We'll play a game like we always do. Building will be filled. We hope we beat you. And there we go. Give me Duke to win. But narrowly, I think Carolina shows itself well and Duke wins by four or five points. 
I'll take North Carolina plus the points because I got to make up this gap somehow. Listen, by, by when you do this, you just dig the hole for yourself further. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I've been doing that. I've been doing that my whole life, dead leg. North Carolina's only got four more quadrant one opportunities at this moment. This one, and then the next three are on the road at Clemson, at Virginia Tech, at Duke. And Kimpon projects them as underdogs in each of those games. They could legit finish or legit head into the ACC tournament 0-10 in quadrant one. Wow. No, I don't think that's happening. They're getting, th- they're getting a couple. They'll get two. Okay. You think they'll get two? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Come find me on. Uh, come find me like the show before Selection Sunday. I, I, UNC will have at least two quad one wins by the time we get there. Yeah. Game four Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Number five, Kentucky at Alabama inside Gerald Wallace Coliseum. You don't remember Gerald Wallace. I do. I can't believe. I understand why you picked this game. What are you doing? We're, we're going to try and predict what Alabama's going to do right now. Alabama's wild. You didn't think, you didn't think this through, my man. Alabama There's is no wild. telling what this game is going to be. Alabama, no, I, Alabama is wild. Alabama's got wins over the teams ranked first, third, sixth, 13th, and 15th at Ken Palm. And losses to the teams ranked 135th and 211th at Ken Palm. Teams fourteen and eight. Did you see the renderings of the uh, the new new? Uh, yes, looks Look great. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. Come on, let's go. I've always. Have you been in Coleman? I've never been in Coleman College. Of course, I've been to Coleman College. It, it, it's it's it kind of looks cool on TV, but apparently it's just you know old, outdated. It's old. Oh, there there was yeah. a few of those in the SEC. Like they just for years they didn't care about basketball. Right. So you had Coleman Coliseum, the old Auburn Auburn Arena, the old Ole Miss Arena. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of like you know Mississippi State, like just which is still old. You've got a lot of just sort of cookie cutter. These are the things we built. These are the type of things arenas they built in this time. Um, but some schools are are obviously upgrading those. Auburn, um, Auburn Arena is awesome. The Pavilion at Ole Miss is awesome, and Coleman Coliseum. Uh, this new Alabama one is going to be awesome. It actually looks. Best I could tell, a lot like the pavilion at Ole Miss. Mm. Yeah, it looks cool. Uh, those uh, those images came out earlier in the week, um, and it'll obviously be a few years down the road. But that's, frankly, that's not just you know overdue. But you get you hire Nate Oates, it hits, and you got momentum. You know, Alabama's you know got plenty of cash to do this as well. But yeah, that's uh, that's cool. I don't I don't know what's going to happen here. I'm going Bama. Give me Bama straight up. Uh, yeah, straight up. Here we go. Bama to win, beat Kentucky. Why the hell not? Get to 15 and eight. Then it'll lose at Ole Miss. Then it'll beat Arkansas at home. Then it'll lose at home to Mississippi State. What do you want from me? I'm going to take the Tide. Sure. Why not? Has an awesome game. Tide. I'm going, shoots 44% from three, has, a, has an above average night from three point range, almost weirdly good. Um, Kentucky fans are familiar with the idea of opponents having strangely good nights from three point range against the Wildcats. So I'm going to say that happens here and uh, they wind up winning. Tide. I'll take Kentucky. I'll lay the points. I gave you that one, by the way. Ty Ty Washington and Xavier Wheeler, both healthy and available to play. Kentucky's only lost twice all season when those guys are available to play. When they both when they both start a game and finish the game. Sure. No, absolutely. Um, it's time for the weekend TV guide here. Oh wow, that music's back. That's awesome. It is. It is. Big time fan. I know how I know how much everybody enjoys that music. They do, they do for sure. Um, Friday, St. Bonaventure at Richmond, ESPN bon- two six Eastern. Bonaventure's got to win it if they don't have any, uh, any Bo- bodies. Are it's not happening for them. Dead any leg. chance? Got to get it done. Okay, seven o'clock, bubbly game Friday, Fox Sports one, Creighton at Seton Hall. Kind of an urgent game for both of those teams. Keep an eye on that. And then Friday, best game of the night. San Diego State at Colorado State. Mountain West got some love in this week's court report. Over under three and a half bid from the Mountain West this year, GP. Over. I think it's going to be I'm four. And it might be like Fresno State's closer to those other four than people think. Absolutely agree. Now, they got to get some good wins, but Fresno State's the fifth team in the mix there. And if they can have a good February, yeah, they're, they're going to be there. And 
just as importantly, uh, their their net ranking in the conference overall. There's enough good teams where you know you don't have a lot of quad three, quad four games bogging the the league down. Saturday games that uh, you should be aware of in chronological order: UConn at Nova. Nova gets swept by Marquette on Wednesday night. Only the third team. This was said on the broadcast. Only the third team since the Big East reformed to sweep Nova. Trivia time. I know them. I mean, do you know them? Damn it. Never cancel <laughs> trivia time. Yeah. Trivia tri- trivia time has been canceled. Yeah. Exactly. I know the last team to do it was Butler. Butler. Team before that was Creighton with McDermott. There we go. Now Marquette's done it. Credit to you, Marquette. Marquette tied with uh Auburn, Baylor, a few other teams for most quad one wins, right? I think that's the case. Bring it up right now. Right now. Here we go. Here we go. Quad one wins. Most in the country. Wisconsin's up there. Yeah. Auburn, Baylor, Kansas, Wisconsin, Marquette. All have seven quad one wins right now. Most in the country. Good on uh, the Golden Eagles. Marquette also, as of two nights ago, credit to uh, CBS Sports Network research team. Auburn, I mean, not Auburn. Marquette has beaten six teams this season when those teams were ranked in the AP Top 25. That's more than anybody else in the country. That's pretty good. Pretty, 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 pretty good. Um, so UConn at Nova now takes on some uh, added urgency here. UConn also coming a lo- off a loss to Creighton. Uh, Providence, by the way, leads the Big East standings at the moment there. So that is a that's a compelling game in the conference. If you're curious, Nova's now nine and three. UConn is six and three in the league. That is a nooner. On Fox on Saturday, one Eastern, not a great game, but it will be on CBS. Tennessee at South Carolina. I believe Parrish and I will both be on CBS Sports HQ for the post game on this one around the 3:05 Eastern time or so. That's um, the best way to figure out whether I got home or not. You'll either see that's a, actually a fair point. You'll see a bookshelf behind me, or you'll see these stupid buildings. It's a great point there. Two Eastern. I won't be watching this game. Why? It's on the Longhorn Network. It's my own personal Pac-12 network. It's over for me. Iowa State at Texas. Quality Big 12 game. Iowa State still, from a tournament resume perspective, is solid. It is uh, it is sinking in the Big 12 standings, and now it's got to go play on the road against a ticked-off Texas team that just got, you know, taken care of easily at Texas Tech. Also at 2 Eastern, got a, got a few games of intrigue with urgency. Texas Tech will play at West Virginia. West Virginia just trying to win the, for the first time since, like, Christmas. You know, at, at any point, if, if West Virginia wants to win a game and actually – Maintain its status as an NCAA tournament team. Might want to advise that. That's a two Eastern tip. And then also Dayton at St. Louis, two Eastern. If the Flyers win on the road at the Billikens, would be good for the A-10. Did you see what they did to VCU the other night? I did. I know. My God. They, uh, that's the Norlander jinx supreme right there because I highlighted VCU in the highlighted VCU in the court report. Lost. Highlighted Boise State in the court report. Lost. Not, not just lost. Got their brains, got their brains beat in. Their brains, their brains were beaten. It was not good whatsoever. It was a problem there. Um, So Dayton, if it wins, go ahead and take a look at their resume. Kansas, Belmont, there's another good team in there. It would just, it would, it would still be on the outskirts of the discussion. That's two Eastern. Uh, SMU at Wichita State, six Eastern. If the American is going to be a true viable multi-bid league, SMU's got a gaudy record, 16 and four. There's not a lot on the resume. Can't lose at Wichita State. Go get a win. Wichita State's having a bizarrely bad season. Got to take care of that. 6 Eastern on Saturday. Uh, Shortly before that, USC plays at Arizona. That's actually a quality Pac-12 game. Um, I believe that's a Fox tip. Uh, USC at Arizona. Trojans, some people think are a little bit fraudulent. I'm not quite there, but uh, beating Arizona on the road would certainly go a long way. Wildcats are trying to take a little bit of a stranglehold in the Pac-12. If they can win Saturday, then they got to go on the road Monday, play at Arizona State. Tommy Lloyd's team's got a really good opportunity. And then on Saturday night, the only other game other than where we're going to pick is Mississippi State at Arkansas. That's an 830 tip on SEC Network. Um, Mississippi State. It wants to build out its own NCAA tournament resume. I would advise trying to get a win on the road against the Hogs. That's a little tough. And then Sunday, Sunday's barren. I don't get it. Uh, you know, fine, I guess. We don't have a ton to really look for on Sunday. In fact, Maryland at Ohio State is the one Eastern tip on Sunday on CBS. I will be on HQ postgame. Now, because there's really nothing at night, I think the plan here, there's no, we're not competing with an NFL game. There's no delays this time, barring travel i guess travel maybe but our plan 
3.30 Eastern, 2.30 Central, 1.30 Mountain, 12.30 Pacific, 11.30 Alaskan, 10.30 Hawaiian, Sunday. I'm going to play. I, I got no idea of what time we're supposed to be, where we're supposed to be. 3.30 Eastern, provided that Maryland-Ohio State doesn't go to overtime and pushes back my HQ hit. That is our general target. So if you like to watch the podcast on Sundays, or sometimes maybe you can't get to it at night, but the afternoon might be better for you. We got not. We don't have a ton to wait around on. So we are going to go earlier in the day on Sunday and talk about this huge Saturday we got going. Now, hmm. the and one. Hmm. Again. One game after another after it's Illinois, Indiana, which goes into Baylor at Kansas, which goes into Duke at Carolina, which goes into Kentucky at Alabama, which goes into Gonzaga at BYU. 10 Eastern ESPN on Kyle Collinsworth court. Okay. They got the Zags by 10. Chet Holmgren was insane against San Diego. BYU lost at home. To San Francisco, GP. Yeah, this is BYU wins this game, then it's you know its resume gets just a gigantic boost, humongous. If it loses, we could have, Cougars might be in some real trouble here because here's what's happened as of late: lost to Santa Clara, lost to Pacific, quad four loss. That's tough. Loss at home to San Francisco, which was really great for the Dons on Thursday because now. USF and BYU, they split the series in each one of the other place, other teams' place. And so now BYU is going to try and dodge a four-game losing streak. Again, the line, Gonzaga, on the road, minus 10. Who you got? First off, the Marriott Center should be named after Brandon Davies. That goes yeah, I'm not, I said, uh, 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 Kyle Collinsworth Court, alliteration. Kyle Collinsworth Court. I did What's, not give you the arena. Well, what is the arena? You called it Jimmer Fredette, so. No. Jimmer Fredette. I mean, he might have had premarital sex, but I don't know anything about it. It's never been written about. But I know Brandon Davies did. He deserves to have that. you want to rename it, I know you've called this place the Jimmer Fredette Center. I know I you called it that. Well, that's that's when I was younger. Okay. I've matured as I've gotten older. That's Brandon Davies Arena. The, Mar- the Brandon Davies Center. Okay. Sorry, Jimmer. Yeah. Jimmer's old news. Great. He used to score a lot once upon a time. Brandon Davies. Oh, Brandon is, Davies, actually. Brandon Davies was smashing. Jimmer Fredette was scoring, but Brandon Davies was smashing. That's his that's his arena. The Brandon Davies Center. I'm taking BYU plus the 10. I don't know why. <laughs> I watched Gonzaga. Chet Holmgren is awesome. 23 and 12, four blocks on yeah. Thursday night. He was great. Um, but I'm a Brandon Davies, alma mater. It's a it's a weekend before Valentine's Day. If you don't go with Brandon Davies, alma mater, who you, what are you even doing? I'm gonna go Zags, and not even to be different from you. I just uh, BYU's. Uh, I I want to wrap up my Saturday with a great game here. I hope this is close. BYU's played Gonzaga close in this building before, but GU's just been it's playing. You know, it's WCC competition, so what do you want from me? But it's it's continued to play well as of late. And uh, with Chet Holmgren really coming into his own now, like, see what he does here against BYU. You tell me Chet, again, is going for, you know, north of 15 points. It's a couple of threes, you know, three or four blocks. I'm going to say Gonzaga wins this with a little bit of ease. So you can take BYU inside the number. I will take the Bulldogs. It's a little bit of a risk. I understand that. But I'll take the Bulldogs to cover the 10. Shouts! To Devin Downey, shouts to Chester, South Carolina, shouts to David Hamilton, legend, shouts to Larnell. Thank you guys once again for listening to the Iron College Basketball Podcast in the middle of the dumbest pandemic of my whole lifetime. I ain't never seen one like this, man. Woo! Woo! Something. If you're not subscribed, please go subscribe anywhere you subscribe to podcasts, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Five-star review, please, at both those places. You can actually type reviews over at Apple Podcasts, so we'd really appreciate it if you'd do that. Type some nice words. I'll leave the words up to you, but I'd like to see nice words. There's more of us. There's more of us than there are of them. It needs to be reflected in the reviews over at Apple Podcasts. If you're not subscribed to the YouTube channel, please knock that out. It's very important. And also, if you're here, if you're still here, 
And I don't know why you didn't leave They're us. Listening. The, They're still I, here. If they hear this, they will be still here in there. Yeah, I don't and know why. There. I don't know why you didn't leave us after that initial trivia time. <laughs> but but if you're, still, if you're still here, please smash the like button. Brandon Brandon Davies would do it. He risked the final four. You're not risking anything. So knock all that stuff out. We're going to talk to you again on Sunday. Till then, take care.